Well, hey, great to be here. It is tonight. We're going to talk about, we're going to read from the passage of Scripture, Mark 4. So today is going to be real easy for you to remember what we talked about because Mark, the fourth chapter on May the 4th. So the joke that Ricky was referring to is, may the fourth be with you. Badoom. Okay, so much for bad humor. Yeah, I got a hundred of those, be careful. As every dad does, right? Anyway, today we're going to talk about Mark, the fourth chapter. We're going to start, if you would, Mark 4, verse 3. A farmer or a sower went out to sow. And it happened that as he sowed, that some of the seed fell by the wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground, on the shallow soil with the underlying rock, says the New Living. But what it says, stony ground in the New King James, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop, sprung up, increased, and produced some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Just to put that in perspective, that's 3,000%, 6,000%, or 10,000%, and when they say 30, 60, or 100-fold. So you think that's a pretty good investment, right? Uh, 10,000%, that's pretty good. 3,000 is pretty good. Huh? You're looking for three lately, not 3,000. Anyway, so the parable of the, of, the, of the sower here is an interesting thing because later on when Jesus is explaining the parable, he says, if you can't understand this parable, how will you understand anything in the kingdom? So this is a very, very important passage of Scripture because it's, he's giving us a principle to build on. Some have gone so far as to say that this parable, this particular one, is like the Rosetta Stone was when they were attempting to decipher what ancient Egyptian language, as it was written in pictures, what they all meant. So they didn't know how to do it. So they found this thing called the Rosetta Stone. This passage of Scripture is referred to as the spiritual Rosetta Stone as it, as it relates to the kingdom of heaven. As the, as the kingdom of God on the earth, this particular passage of Scripture, Mark chapter 4 here, in the third through the ninth verse, begin an explanation that Jesus made that is important to us today. Let's look at it again. It says, Behold, a sower... So, so far, let's talk about what we know so far. It says, a sower went out to sow. So we have a sower, right? We have a sower. It says, so the sower went out to do what? To sow. Now, if you're talking about ancient times, which is what this is referring to, they did not have where they plowed a furrow and placed the seeds in nice, neat rows. Back then, they would rough up the soil and then just throw it out of a bag. Just throw it in every direction. That's how they seeded things. Just take it out of a bag and just 
throwing it. So it says, some of the seed fell by the wayside. What is the wayside? The wayside is like the path. Everybody know that every farm has a path. If you go to any woods, you can see where the deer walk. There's always a path. You can always find the trail where the deer walk. Every place, everywhere you go, there's a path somewhere. It's where people walk. It's where the machinery comes over. And it's not typically where you grow your good stuff, right? It's, it's just kind of the area where you drive the trucks. That's the path. It says, as he sowed the seed, some went on the wayside or on the path. And when that seed hit that path, it had no chance to fall in the earth, it had no chance to grow, it had no chance to germinate or to cause increase. Because why? Because the birds of the air just came and plucked it up and ate it for dinner. So it could never achieve that seed. There was nothing wrong with the seed, but yet that seed did not produce anything. Why? because it fell on hard soil and the birds came and devoured it. We're going to stop on the first one for now. We're going to stop on the hard soil. So as the farmer is going out and he throws the seed everywhere, says some goes on the hard soil, some goes on the stony soil, some goes on the thorny soil, and some goes on the good soil. And each one has a different result, right? So, so far we have a sower. He's going out to sow. What's he going to sow? Seeds, right? So we have a, a sower. He's going out to sow, and he's sowing seeds. And then what else does he need? He needs some soil, right? So he needs some soil and some seed. And what else do we need? sower and he needs to sow so of those we have four very different results so the question that we've got is as we see and as we read this this parable you can see that there's four different things going on and there's very very different results so we have the sower and the seed and then what else does it need to grow how about water, right? Water and sunshine, right? You need water and sunshine. So if you have all those things present, the question that I'd like you to just talk briefly about is of the seed, the soil, the water, and the sunshine, what was different between the four types of harvests? What was the only variable and why was it important that it was a variable when you were talking about the four different types of seed? So what was the only thing that wasn't the same and how did it not being the same, how did that impact the harvest? Why did that difference impact the harvest? So I'm going to ask you to break up into your groups. Let's start a discussion. Just if we know that the soil is our heart, that's the first one thing Jesus said, the soil is our heart. What was the only thing different with those four examples that Jesus gave there? He said, some fell on the path, some fell on the stony soil, some fell on the thorny soil, and some threw, fell on the good soil. 
and what was the result of all four of them and why was it different? What was the only thing that was different? If I, if I haven't completely confused you, please get up and go talk to somebody and just have a quick, quick powwow on how do you think that the soil difference, what do you think was different and why do you think it impacted the way that the harvest came out? So how did that stony, thorny, or hard soil impact the outcome? Have a quick talk. All right. Well, hey, in talking, we know that the seed was the same, right? Because it came out of the same bag. We know that the sunshine and the amount of moisture or the water were the same or relatively the same because it was in the same field, right? I know this is Michigan, but even Michigan has, the weather is pretty much the same within 100 yards, you know. So what's left? The only thing left is the soil composition, obviously. And whether it's hard or rocky or thorny or whatever is the malady, um, no matter what it is, it can be remedied. There is always a remedy to the problem within the soil. If you look at it, it's talking, it says, the sower went out to sow, and he took the seed, and some fell on the wayside. So you might say, well, what the world, what's the wayside? The wayside is the path, like I said. But the wayside is anything in the application of your heart. When you look at soil, you got to think, whenever you read this paragraph or anything in, in the Matthew 13 or in here, you have to think soil, heart, because it's talking about your own heart every time. So if we look at this, we can see your heart is the thing that God wants to get his word into, okay? So if you have your heart and you've been hurt, for instance, or you've been disappointed, you had something and you really thought this was going to work out and it didn't work out, and that's a huge disappointment or a big hurt, if you're not careful, what can happen is you can get a hardness of heart be over that disappointment because you resent or you're maybe angry at someone or maybe you're angry at God because of a, a very tragic situation. Something that happened that was very bad and many times people have blamed God or they've blamed other people and that blame or that offense or that unforgiveness um, can cause hardness of heart. And whenever you have hardness of heart, just like the seeds bounced off the path, whenever you hear maybe the Holy, Spirit's, the Holy Spirit's knocking on your heart, but if your heart's hard, um, you don't hear when the Holy Spirit's knocking. It's, it's much like you've got on your hands, if you work outside, you get things called calluses, right? Or maybe on the heel of your foot, you might have calluses that, you, that, are, that aren't very maybe sensitive to the touch. And that's what happens when we allow sin in our life. If we have consistent, unconfessed sin in our life, it causes our heart to get like a callus on the outside of our heart so that when the Holy Spirit wants to go and touch you on the shoulder and, and lead you a little bit, if you have a big callus over your heart because you're refusing his correction, that callous can cause you to not be able to hear his still small voice. That's called being hard-hearted. 
because sin hardens our heart. See, somebody says, how in the world can someone have a, have a path? Or how can, how can my heart be as hard as a path? Pride can harden your heart. Sin can harden your heart. Disappointment, hurt. You get being hurt by someone that you love. If you handle it wrong, it can turn into a hard-hearted situation. And then when the Holy Spirit comes to convict or to even to encourage, if you're hard-hearted, your heart is calloused. You can't even, it's like you can't seem to sense when the Holy Spirit is talking to you or when he's trying to get your attention. There is good news, though. And the question that begs to be asked is, can someone who has had a hard heart, can someone who's got like a path for a heart, maybe like a sidewalk, no matter what you do, you throw gospel, you might throw the gospel to them, you might tell them that God loves them and it seems to just bounce right off because it's just hard. The miracle of salvation is this, though your heart were as stone, he'll give you a take out that heart of stone and he'll give you a heart of flesh. Even if you've got that hard heart, all you have to do to get rid of a hard heart is repent and ask the God to forgive you and then turn from whatever it is you've been giving yourself to. It's very simple. And it doesn't have to take a long time. It, there's, people that have, there's people that can have hard heart in some area of, of their life. They're like all good in all these areas except for they will not take advice from anybody in this one area. That's called being hard-hearted. And sometimes it also translates into hard-headed, but that's another ailment. My point is this. You can be delivered from having a hard heart. You're not destined to, oh, my heart's hard. It seems like I can't, seems like I can't get um, through to God, that I can't seem to connect with him. You might have a hard heart, but you know what? There's good news. You don't have to keep a hard heart. You don't have to remain in your place of hard-heartedness. It's just simple. You say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for thinking that I'm smarter than you are. And Lord, I repent. I turn my back from that sin. I turn my back on it, and I follow you, Jesus. That's literally all it takes to have a hard-hearted place turned. And then a consistent commitment to obey the Lord going forward. The next part of this, the next part of this is the rocky or the shallow soil. It says that some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root and it withered away. Same thing, very similar to the path except for there's a good covering and a good soil, but there's a lot of stones in this soil. And so because it didn't have depth, it responded quickly, but then as soon as the sun came out, then it withered away. Now, I'll give you an example of this. We built a house about 20 years ago, and there was one spot in my side yard I, I loved my green grass, except for this one spot that was about that big, that it would be green, and by like mid to late June, it turned brown, and it'd be brown the rest of the year. I couldn't get that. No matter how much I watered it, it would not go back to green. But then it'd go green in the fall, and then in spring it'd be green again. 
And it kept on going, so I'm like, I, I couldn't figure it out, so I started just poking down there with a pitchfork, and all of a sudden it goes clunk. I'm like, hmm, that's odd, clunk. So I start digging, pulling sod away. I pulled a rock like this big out of there, and it was about this far below the surface, so it, it had just enough topsoil so it would grow, but as soon as it got middle of the summer, it, the soil was only this deep, it became a brown spot. It's exactly what this parable is about. So I dug that stone out, stuck it in the bark, and then filled it in. Now I got a nice spot there. All that to say, stony soil does not grow good anything. Not good grass, not good wheat, not good anything. So stony soil is a problem. So what, what does stony soil mean to us as humans? What does this mean? What is he saying here? Stony soil is like being hard-hearted, but less prominent than the hard-hearted. Hard-hearted means you're pretty much shut off from God. The stony soil is you got some areas where you got some problems, but you're overall, you're committed to the Lord, but you got these big things, these big rocks that are just under the surface, and he wants to take those out of your life, but while you got those big rocks in your life, it, it's not going to be able to be consistent. You won't be able to be consistent. You'll be green for a while, and then you'll go brown, and then you'll be green for a while because you got these big, big rocks. Maybe that rock is, again, unforgiveness. Maybe it's brokenheartedness. Maybe a freedom session would, would help and maybe discover some things for you and help you there. But the, the stony soil is the second part. But there's, a, there's a, a remedy for stony soil too. Dig out the stones like I did in my yard. Dig out the stones. Find out what they are. Say, Lord, I choose to forgive that person. Or, Lord, I repent and turn my back on that thing, whatever it is. See, if you have stony soil, what happens is that you're going along with your plow and all of a sudden, clunk, you hit something. And maybe if it was a farm implement, you'd probably shear some pins off somewhere if you did that, if the rock was big enough. But then suddenly it makes everything more complicated, right? The same thing is true in our lives. We can be going along and... and you run across or you, maybe you have a, a, a big stone in your life and you come against, come against that stone and you go, ugh, what do we do now, Lord? You ask God to help you. You say, God, this stone, this thing, I, I, I don't want it in my life. And you let him and he will throw the stones out of your life. See, you can, you can get free from whatever it is that's hanging you up right now. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to be the way you are today for the rest of your life. Somebody needs to hear that again. You don't have to be the way you are right now for the rest of your life. God can help you change. He can turn your life completely around. He can take you and make you into something that you never dreamed you could be. Why? Because he can take hard soil, he can take stony soil, he'll take the other two next week, but for this week, he's talking about the hard soil and the stony soil, and he can take that, that messed up soil, and he can turn it in with a little bit of rain. What softens up the soil? Rain. So a little bit of time in the presence of the Lord gets softened up, 
and then it's going to have to turn the soil over and let the Holy Spirit turn that soil over in your heart, whatever it is. Let him run that plow through there and see if you get any clunks. Say, Holy Spirit, run that plow across my heart. If, there, if you run any clunks, would you just take care of them for me? Run it right over that path. Just turn that path on its ear and let's just make that path into a prosperous field. Let's let the Holy Spirit start a work in our lives that maybe we didn't ever even dream was possible, and that is, Lord, I desire that my heart be good ground, that anything that might be hindering my heart from receiving anything and everything that you have for me, God, if there's anything hindering me, show me, Lord, root it out of me. See, that's the prayer. That's the prayer that we can pray today, and we can pray that prayer. I don't care if you've been saved 50 years. You could still pray this prayer. Lord, whatever it is. In fact, if you would, just let's just pray, and I'm going to lead us all in this quick prayer. Say, Father, thank you for loving me. Examine my heart. See if there's anything in me that would hinder your spirit. And take that thing from me. I give it to you. Any rocks, any hardness of heart, we turn all that over to you. We thank you, Father. We surrender and roll all of that upon you. Thank you, Father, that you love me, that you make my entire heart good ground, that as I put your word in my heart, that my heart is good ground, and my heart will produce 30, 60, and 100-fold. That your word is true, and I receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Want you to, want you to just, just think about this, and even, even think about this throughout the week, throughout this coming week. Just ponder this, if you would. The power to accomplish every one of God's promises, the power to accomplish every one of God's promises is resident within his word. So if you will sow God's word in your heart and your heart is good soil, it will produce whatever it is God sent it to do. It's just what it says in the word. It says and it will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. As the rain falls from the sky and doesn't return except for that it nourishes the earth and gives it water for seed to the sower and bread for food, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth that shall not return to me void, but only after it accomplishes the purpose for which I've sent it. So the power to accomplish every promise of God is resident within that within the word. And as you sow that word in your heart, all you do is you memorize that word. You put that word in your heart. And as you memorize that word, as you sow that word in your heart, it will produce life and life everlasting. It, there's healing in the word. There's peace in the word. There's every single thing that you need is resident within the word. Put the word in your heart. Hide it in your heart. Your soil, your heart is really super important. Keep your heart free from 
bitterness, keep your heart free from, from offense, keep your heart free from envy. Make sure you're just seeking the Lord. And as you put God's word in, watch miracles start to happen in your life because the power is already there. All right? We're going to continue next week. Um, we're going to let Jared bring the word next week. The thorny soil and the good soil. He's going to talk about that next week. And Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters. ask you to bless them immensely that everything they put their hands to prospers. Thank you, Father, that those that need employment, well, thank you, Father, for employ miraculous employment. Those that, whatever, whatever is needed, we thank you that it's provided today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen.